Hi, everyone. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. This episode. So excited. I'm on a boat. I don't know how that song goes. I posted that on Twitter. I posted a gif of it and said, it's a manky and we're on a boat. I was really excited. I know that it's really bad. I feel very bad for the victim of this case. But I was really been wanting to do a cruise ship murder for a really long time. And so I was excited. This is a first. Again, apologies for the victim. But we don't get many boat things. We've had a couple boat things. We had the guy who they thought threw off, threw into the water and eaten by crocs. Right. And we had the one with that girl who had the crocheted hats. And there's another old dentist that's on a cruise ship that I think is the scuba diving murder case that I think I want to do. And there's another cruise ship murder that's a 48 hours, but I can't get it to work online. Oh, It's an unsolved one. It's a crazy case. So I was super excited. I also kept thinking about Seinfeld, the Andrea Doria, and George losing an apartment to someone who was on the Andrea Doria. So it was like he... She had a sadder story than he did. And then he's he like... needed to make a sadder story? Yeah. And then he's like, well, how many people died? 51 people? I thought it was more like 1,000. And Kramer is like, there are 1,500 survivors. And George is like, that's no tragedy. How many people do you lose on a normal cruise? 30? 40? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Which is why when we went on our cruise, I was like, N- one of us isn't coming back. Like, not everyone comes back on a cruise, right? Kimberly and I are lucky enough to have been on a cruise together. Yeah, we weren't going to miss that. It was somebody's 50th birthday, and we're like, we're there. We're doing it. It was a booze cruise. It was very sticky. It was sticky, but we were on, we went on a cruise. We can say that now. Yeah, and we survived. Yeah, we we thrived. A little. Did we thrive? No one threw up. Yeah. We did a Harry Potter trivia quiz because we're the dorkiest people on a cruise. (laughs) That's the saddest thing ever. I signed up for a class on posture, but I didn't get to go to it. But you were mad about it. You were mad no one would go with you. No, because everyone teased me. Because no one's going to that because it's for nine-year-olds. Nine? I think it's for 90-year-olds. Was it? Probably. But they can't stand up straight sometimes. Maybe that's a medical thing. That's why they need the class. To say... Shirk off your doctor's orders. Stand with pride. <laughs> That's how you break a hip. Okay, I think we can just say we're excited that this episode is on a boat, but not excited about the circumstances by which we're here. Correct. That's perfect. There we go. So this episode aired January 8th, 2021. So far, an even worse year of our Lord than 2020. Season 29, episode 21, I think. Hosted by Mankey. And we are in Italy in 2006. Six. I said it like there was going to be a teen. 2666? It sounded like there was going to be a teen after. Like I was going to go 2006. Six, just six. Period. Yeah. An American tourist, Lonnie Cocontes, had come to Naples on the Island Escape, which is the cruise ship, the Island Escape, on vacation. He had gone on the cruise to rekindle the love of his life. Maybe his ex-wife, Mickey. We get another Mickey. Joey needed it. Joey needed it. Don't you start. Don't you start with me. 
Josh. I'm not saying I signed up for a cruise, but I did not sign up for a cruise. And if I did sign up for a cruise... I'm happy I said it. Sorry, I said it. (laughs) I said it and I'm not sorry, but I am sorry. And Josh is back again with another Mickey. What are the odds? I know. Yeah, I really was giddy about it. Mm -hmm. So... He's on the cruise, Lonnie, to try to win back his ex-wife, Mickey, which I felt like would be a great marketing campaign for a cruise ship. Win back your estranged spouse on Carnival. And it was a special cruise for people. You either get together with back with your ex or you go with somebody else's ex. It's like a dating show. I like it. I feel like it could work. What's it called? I think that's like X on the Beach, that show. It's X, X marks the spot. It would be X on the boat, though. X... X over the Caribbean? Sure. I got time. I'll think about it. Yeah. While they're still in open water, there's our title, folks. Early. We get our title early. By the way, last week, 10 minutes of sunset, just right in the opening. Just right there. Both of us missed it. No, no. I said it. You said it was probably there. And I said, I agree. It's probably there. Probably in the first couple of minutes. Yeah. And that's why, Adam, you did not listen to the episode because Adam actually interjects. People told us. Yeah. Oh, okay. They said, thank God for Adam. You guys don't know what you're talking about. And I appreciate the shout out, Adam. Thank you. I like to be right sometimes. And I'm happy you said that. <laughs> Makes me happy. <laughs> I was very excited. I was like, <laughs> I was? I was? <laughs> A friend of Lonnie's, Bill Price, we're going to hear a lot about Bill Price. Good. Was sound asleep in bed with his dog. He looks a lot like the lawyer who kissed a dead dog on the side of the road on a dare when he was 17. He does? He does. They have the same facial hair. Oh, I don't remember that what that guy looks like at all. Or maybe that he didn't have the same facial hair, but he just had the same vibe to me. Okay. Lonnie calls him and wakes him up and his poor dog who needs his good boy sleep, and says, Mickey's missing. And Lonnie said they had had some drinks and they went to the room. He couldn't sleep, so he took some Ambien. I was Uh -uh. excited. You know I love a good, I thought I was fighting Keebler elves in my bathtub Ambien stories. But we didn't really get any of those. No, but they said it though. Ambien on a boat? No, that sounds like a disaster. That's a disaster. You're fighting pirates. You're swinging from the rails and the poor crew is trying to get you down. Sir, sir, there's no pirates here. Are you sure? (laughs) When Lonnie woke up, Mickey was gone. So he alerted the crew and they searched for her and the captain made an announcement to look for Mickey. Should I tell the story that this happened to me? What? It's It's embarrassing. When I was on a cruise with my family, I went on a random deck to read Harry Potter And my mom couldn't find me. She was freaking out. And she had them make an announcement over the entire ship that Kimberly, please return to the room. Where are you? Guess how old I was. Please say it starts with a two. 22. Just out of college. So yeah. Joni. That was so embarrassing, Joni. It's not that bad because you were by yourself. So you just go in and I'm like, I'm the one. Nobody knows your name. You're not wearing a name tag, right? It's not like, oh, you were the Kimberly they were looking for earlier. Where were you? It's reading here. Right? Nobody knows who you are. That's okay. Complete anonymity. So they search the cabin for Mickey and there's nothing. There's two beds. I appreciated that. Maybe he wasn't trying to be presumptuous by getting one bed. But the rooms are tiny. The rooms are tiny, but I thought if they were reconciling, there would be one bed. But it was two beds. Also, it was not a romantic-looking room. 
Oh, wait, I have a thought. Aren't the two bedrooms a bigger cabin? Not necessarily. They have suites, too, on boats. But maybe not this boat. Remember, we hear some stuff about this boat later. Maybe he was trying to get a bigger room. I'm going to give him that. Okay. Or maybe not presumptuous. Yeah, either one. Maybe he was trying to say, no pressure, but we can push the beds together. Sweetheart. Yeah. I don't know if he says sweetheart. So the boat docked in Naples. Bill, the friend, is on the phone with Lonnie like, she must be there somewhere. Did you check the bathroom? Oh, my gosh. Like, Lonnie's going to be like, oh, my God, I forgot to check our bathroom. She was totally in there with a mad case of traveler's diarrhea. Thanks, Bill. You solved it, dude. I love Bill. What? Bill. I, it's so earnest. So the boat is going back out to sea. So Lonnie gets off the boat in Italy. The Italian Coast Guard started looking for her. Really wish maritime law was involved because then we could make some arrest development jokes. Oh, darn it. I know. You're a crook, Captain Hook. Captain Hook. Judge, Judge, won't you throw the book at at the the pirate? pirate. And then it just ends. So Lonnie also called his friend Susan McQueen. He told her that everyone was being mean to him in Italy because he didn't speak the language, which is so rude of people in Italy to not speak English. Rude. How dare they? Wow. So she also said that he was acting frantic and irrational. Mickey's brother, Toshi, who is totes adorable, gets a call from the State Department that Mickey's missing, and he's devastated. Lonnie, turns out, was a top attorney in L.A. His friend Susan is a P.I. I got very excited. We love P.I.s. We do. We have our own private detective agency. We're always looking for new members. Susan and Bill can start their own We have been looking for a West Coast division. Are they possibilities for that? I think so. Okay. No, they live in Florida. But I'm saying, I feel like we could move them to the other coast. We could move them to like Orange County. Okay. They weren't in Orange County? No, they're Florida. You missed major parts of this plot, didn't you? Sorry. (laughs) He was in Orange County. Lonnie's in Orange County. Lonnie's in Orange County. Susan and Bill, Florida. Got it. So Bill is Susan's business and life partner. Love it. They have these huge dogs. Bull Mastiffs. Amazing. Crazy. So I was just a little confused when Bill had said I was in bed with my dog. Was Susan also in the bed, but he chose only to reference the dog? Do they sleep in separate rooms? Do they not live together at this time? I think Susan is on a case. Susan was away on a case, so he was snuggling in bed with the dog. Susan was in Detroit on a case. I'm just going to say, make it up. Yeah. Sure. So they are good friends of Lonnie when he started dating a secretary at his firm, Mickey Kanasaki. Now, Mickey's coworkers said she was well-liked, hardworking. She fell in love with Lonnie. They bought a house in Orange County, but their happiness started to crumble like a Jenga game, her coworker said. Good description, though. Don't you think? He liked to control things and money. She says to our Mankey, guys like to be in control. Mank says, I've noticed that. And the friend says, it's kind of a shame. And Mankey says, yep. It's a beautiful exchange with Mankey smirking his face off, being like, yeah, we kind of like that. He's do- he's do- it's the best like understanding conversation, I thought. It was Mank at his finest. Also- Calling out toxic masculinity. Mm -hmm. 
and fighting for women. Good job. But with his sense of humor. That's great. Loved it. So they divorced, but they stayed close. More on that later. Dateline kind of steers us one way. And then we find out it was a little bit different than that. How long did they make it? Like five years? No, I think pretty quickly, I thought. This says, I wrote they divorced after six years. So maybe they officially divorced after six years, but they crumbled within like two. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes divorce, especially with a lawyer, would take a minute. They actually, they got divorced when that thing happened at his job. So- I see. They got divorced before they actually were not together anymore. It's confusing. So Mm, this whole story is a little confusing. Buckle up, Joni. So they divorced- tried to work it out. He booked them the cruise. They were going to try to make it work. He booked two cabins. One was for Susan and Bill. He wanted them to come with, but they had to cancel at the last minute because of a family emergency. Remember Mm. that for later. Important. Mm -hmm. Bill and Susan were worried that Lonnie would basically have an Amanda Knox pulled on him in Italy and said, we think you should come back to the States. So not the best advice. It does make you look guilty. There is an Italian saying that Mank tells us, see Naples and die. So ominous. Because apparently it means you love it so much you will never leave. There we go. Which also kind sounds ominous. You are never allowed to leave. It's a little bit like Willy Wonka. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Or you found it and then you found heaven. I don't know. Oh, I like that. That's better though. Why don't we say that? See, see Naples, find heaven. Way nicer. Or see Naples, your home. Like what? Why is it? Why does it have to be and die? I think that this is... See Naples and die. I feel like this is much more beautiful in the Italian language than <laughs> in English. I'm going to say this is something that's lost in translation. Yeah. Yes. But you know what I say? I say, try beta brand pants. And live. Live. Beta brand dress pant yoga pants are perfect for all life situations and all locations. From working in a lawyer's office where you fall in love with your boss, then divorce him. Then wear the same beta brand pants onto the cruise ship where you hope to reconcile. (laughs) Beta brand's customer favorite dress pant yoga pants, which are dress pants that are as comfortable as yoga pants, They're made of wrinkle-resistant stretch-knit fabric, which means you can wear them all day and they stay nice. And also, I think you could probably just roll them up in your suitcase and they would stay pretty wrinkle-free and look amazing straight out of the suitcase. Yeah, absolutely. Also, you don't need to like worry about buttons or things digging into your skin, which if you've ever been on a cruise and you've been to the buffets, you know that there's a lot of unbuttoning of hot buttons going on. I would say they're a perfect travel pant. They really are, don't you Mm -hmm. think? They are tons of styles like boot cut, straight leg, skinny, cropped. They have always new styles coming in. I just ordered myself the straight leg four pocket because you know I love a pocket. Yoga denim, dark indigo colored pants. So I'm really, really excited. And they're coming in just a few days. I'm super excited because some of my pants are hardcore struggling with the zippers right now. Our listeners can get 25% off their first order by going to betabrand.com forward slash dateline. That's 25% off your first order for a limited time at betabrand.com forward slash dateline. Find out why women are buying five different pairs of these pants, one for each night on a week-long cruise. 
Go to betabrand.com forward slash dateline for 25% off. Not alpha, but beta. Beta brand. Check them out, guys. Thank you so much, Beta Brand. Thank you, Beta Brand. So Bill booked Lonnie a trip back to Florida where he lived. Come stay with me. There we go. Cut to a boat called the Estrella that does scientific research on the Italian coast. Captain Mossimo Colariti. Love him. Hero among men made a different kind of discovery than a scientific one. Well, kind of. Yeah, it makes sense. It's a different kind, but it was it's in the same vein, I feel like. They maybe weren't looking for bodies. They were looking for algae or something, but they still found something interesting. So now we get subtitles because Captain Massimo speaks in Italian. A few people on Twitter were not happy about the subtitles. They were like, it's been a long week, Dateline. I don't want to read anything. Oh, come on. <laughs> it wasn't that long. It really wasn't. He saw a body floating in the water. He had heard the alert that the Coast Guard was looking for a woman's body. And he's like, we found her. They just randomly found her, which is incredible if you think of how vast the ocean is. And if they had been one degree off, they wouldn't have found her. So it's incredible. They used a strap and they tied it around her chest without touching her. And they lifted her body with a crane because they didn't want to hurt the body or touch the body and contaminate anything, which I thought was really smart thinking. Also very sad. They lifted her body onto the boat and they covered her with a sheet, which is, I know. The body was taken to the Italian police and they notified her niece, who is another hero of the story, who's also very sweet and Mm -hmm. beautiful. Lonnie said when he heard he was happy they found the body, but he didn't know what had happened. He had changed his ticket that Bill had gotten him to go to Florida and had flown home to California. The reason I noticed this, because I was excited to get some Florida, because I love some Florida, but he goes back to California. Got it. Bill thought that was strange, because he had bought him this ticket. Why didn't Lonnie buy his own ticket? What was that about? I think it was more like, let me take this off your plate not a money issue. So let me just book you a ticket. I'm going to book you a ticket. You don't have to worry about anything. Just show up at the airport. This will come out in the wash. You'll get me back someday. Okay. Yes, I understand now. Okay. But instead, he went and changed the ticket, which he could have just bought his own ticket then if he was going to go on and make a change to his travel arrangements. Yeah, kind of. So the prosecutor assigned to the police talks to Dateline again with subtitles. I was Mm -hmm. fine with it. Then we meet, oh boy. FBI candy, Rick Simpson. Do we know Rick Simpson? He was in another episode. He was in, I believe, the episode where Keith didn't give a flying F, but I could be wrong. I am I really hope he is because I was excited that I kind of recognized it. That's great. You never recognize anybody. I, I didn't. And I recognized the name first, but I was like, he seems familiar. His pattern of speech seemed familiar to me. Yes, Dateline on Twitter said you've seen him before. He was on this other case. Okay, great. Yay. Oh, hey. Good job, Katie. I'm so excited. You're on fire today. (laughs) I'm way more excited than I should be. (laughs) (laughs) So Rick Simpson goes to Lonnie's house because the FBI, I thought they got involved anytime an American dives overseas, but it's when they die mysteriously overseas and it's not something... Clear cut. Well, of course. 
Because they're not going to be, okay, if I have a heart attack in Naples, right. the FBI is not involved. I had a heart attack, right? It was natural causes. But if I have a heart attack while locked in a cellar <laughs> that I didn't know, do you know what I'm saying? Of a stranger, of a strange Italian woman. The cast of Monte Cristo. Then something in like the bottom of a cathedral. Yes. Then the FBI is involved. Maybe not if the Vatican's involved. The FBI has to stay away. I, I love that the Vatican is involved now. <laughs> in my death? Yeah, maybe. The Vatican? I think there's certain rules around the Vatican. Were you killed by a priest? What happened? I said a woman, and I don't know if there are woman priests in the Vatican. No, there aren't. Sorry. So no. maybe a priest adjacent? There should be, though, priest adjacent. Yeah, love it. A nun. You were killed by a nun. Yeah, that's what I mean. A nun. When I say priest adjacent, I meant nun. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. It's none of your business how I died. <laughs> you guys, we know so much about religion. Take notes. I just don't know about Catholicism. Let's I give me a break. It's not our fault. It's not our fault. It's not. We just don't know it. And that's the way it is. Although I did watch a lot of Flying Nun last year. So why? It's Sally Field. Come on. But it's why? delightful. Is it delightful or is it like kind of weak? It's pretty delightful. I got to say, anything with Sally Field, yeah. pretty delightful. She is, yeah. So Lonnie calls Bill and is saying, what do I do? FBI candy is here and he's super handsome, but I don't want him in my house. I'm freaking out. And Bill doesn't understand. He's saying, Lonnie, that's great. The FBI will solve this case. They will help you. Tell them what you know. Bill is giddy about the FBI candy on Dateline. He's super excited that they're involved. And he is confused as to why Lonnie is not excited that they're there. We're all confused. We all are confused. That's totally true. So then Bill learned that Lonnie had flown home to California, not to go straight to his house, but to go visit the other woman that he was dating. It's a great way to get back together with your ex to take her on a cruise. And then when she dies, go back to the other woman that you were. Oh, you were also dating another woman at the time. Okay, what? That was very confusing. Also, Mankey says, what the heck was he thinking? That's like putting a target on your back that says FBI candy. Come investigate me. How shady does that look? And Bill says, that's what I told him. I said, Lonnie, do you know how this looks? And Lonnie said, I needed consoling. No, Lonnie, you've lost. Okay, you didn't have a ton of sympathy to begin with because of your choices. It's gone. It's gone. But Katie, he needed sexual healing. He needed a good kick in the pants. No. (laughs) And I'm glad that Bill was there to be like, you're being an idiot. Because Bill seems like he's straight to the point. Yeah, Bill says, it's like I was talking to a moron. I loved that. And this is his whip smart lawyer friend that he just says is now a moron. He is. Yeah, he is. He's acting insane and so guilty he's acting. So the FBI candy said he wasn't acting right. There was something off. He offered to disrobe to prove he had no scratches or bruises when they did not even ask. Put your clothes back on, sir. Yeah, sir. Lonnie, we need you to, yeah, keep your top on. Keep your top on. <laughs> Lonnie said that Mickey left to get some tea He took the Ambien. When he woke up at 4.30 a.m., she wasn't there. Hmm. Mickey's niece, Julie, is very suspicious of Lonnie. 
the FBI contacts her and asks her to secretly record him. Also shocking is how many times I spelled niece wrong in my notes. It's I before E, Kimberly. It is. It's just hard. looked wrong every time. No, I get it. Yeah. So Julie calls Lonnie. He suggests that Mickey was nauseous because of the boat and also she was intoxicated because she had been drinking a lot. And so maybe she committed suicide by jumping off the boat. Or maybe there was foul play by a crew or another passenger. And he's mm. saying very clinically on the phone, there's only three possibilities. She was murdered, she jumped, or it was an accident. I have no information. But they found the body, they'll do an autopsy. It's like he's talking about a case. It's very strange. And then he keeps he's saying that he needs to see the body. He needs to see the condition of the body. Because he didn't think the body would be found. So he's concerned about what the body is saying, I think. So Julie thinks he's acting strangely. She keeps recording their calls. More on that later. Can I say something? Yeah. The condition of the body statement really upsets me that he keeps saying condition of the body, condition of the body, because we've had this before. And you're talking to Mickey's niece, so someone who loved her. You're not talking to someone who didn't know her. So I would feel like you would say the condition of your aunt, Mickey's body, your aunt's body, her body. My wife. Not the condition of the body. the body. That's not how you speak. And maybe that's lawyer speak, but I don't think so. It didn't sound right to me. Yeah. It's very strange. Good. Mickey's body is taken into an autopsy in Italy. So more subtitles. Her body was bruised at the base of her neck, maybe strangulation, and her inner thighs. They thought maybe sexual assault, but it turns out to not be the case. Their most important thing was there was no water in her lungs, so she was already dead when she hit the water. So it was murder. So you didn't like the old Italian Dr. Ricci? I thought he was kind of loved. perfect. Loved. I love when we get to see him later. I love it that towards the end, he gets a free trip to America. And I was wishing I got to visit with him. I know. He was... What's better than an older Italian gentleman? An older Italian autopsy. Aut- coroner. I mean, that's An old amazing. Italian b- coroner. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah, he was great. Not a lick of English. He was great. No, no. Lonnie turns to his friends, the PIs, Bill and Susan. Bill says, you have to be proactive. If you didn't do it, find out who did do it and tell the police. Good job, Bill. Which is interesting. Not usually the advice the police would give. You should go renegade and try to solve the case on your own. But he says, we'll do it. Susan and I, the PIs are on it. Unclear to me throughout this whole thing if they're taking this case for free because they're friends or if they're charging him. I would think that they would just expect some sort of a payment later, but we'll work it out later. For now, let's just solve this. Yeah. Maybe they are doing it for free. They seem to be really good friends. I kind of felt like they were doing it for free. I would do it for free if you needed it and I was a PI. If if my closest friends, it's always free. Like, do you know what I'm... That's just how it works. So it seemed like they were good friends. But over the years, it feels like Lonnie has worn out those freebies by needing help several times. It's enough already. Lonnie brings the drama. That's true. You do wear those out. Yeah. Yeah. Bill and Susan go to Italy and they book a cabin on the island escape. It turns out to not really be that useful of a trip, but I feel like they really wanted to be hands-on. I feel like they really wanted to do the cruise the first time. Exactly. And they couldn't, so now 
We're doing it now. So they take pictures of where the railings are to see if she could have fallen over accidentally, even though the autopsy says that she clearly didn't fall over accidentally. Mm -hmm. They get shown the exact room that gives them no information. There were 1,500 passengers at the time on the boat. They want the manifest, but they can't get it. There were no security cameras on the ship, which was shocking to Twitter. I was shocked. I I wrote that down. I was like, what are you talking about? There's no, there's not one security camera. Yeah. That's my first inkling that the island escape is like a bad, it's a lower tier cruise ship. Apparently everyone kept saying that Hassan Minaj did a Netflix special and he talked a ton about cruises and how once you get out to the middle of the ocean, there's just no rules and the ship does not care about your safety whatsoever. That it is just... If you make it back, whatever. They're not really going to look into it. They don't care. They have very little safety precautions. So. Wow. Because of maritime law. Because it doesn't touch. Yeah, I guess so. I apparently cruise is way more dangerous than I thought. I knew about the viruses and stuff. And I knew about the murders. But I I thought there would be cameras at least. At least. At least. No witnesses saw anything odd or heard them arguing or anything like that. Now, Susan speaks Italian, so she schmoozes and she gets the autopsy results. She thinks the autopsy results make it look like a stranger did it. I don't know where she's basing that on. It it doesn't. Well, she brings up the possible sexual assault aspect. Right, but an ex sexually assaults an ex, I'm sure, all the time. But I think she's assuming that's not. She's assuming it's a stranger. Correct. So Toshi and Mickey little history, were brought to America from Japan in 1960. Mickey was only five or six, and they traveled by ship. So get ready for a very beautiful metaphor by Mankey at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Toshi and his wife, also adorable, are so devastated. Love them. The FBI is investigating and looking into Lonnie and Mickey's divorce. Turns out Lonnie had done something terrible. This is Mank's enunciation on the word terrible. He had sex with a client's underage daughter. Allegedly or yes, he did? Well, Dateline just says he did. He denied it. He was arrested. Mickey (sighs) wanted to believe him and she stood by him. He was fired by the law firm. Mm -hmm. He decided I need to divorce Mickey to protect my assets in case I get sued. So everything went in her name during the divorce. But they still considered themselves married spiritually, even though they were divorced on paper. To fight the case, he turns to his PI friends, Susan and Bill, who proved that at the time of the alleged sexual encounter, He was somewhere else. So it looks like maybe he didn't do it. So Bill and Susan got him off. I'm sorry, you have to hire a private investigator for that? This seems very straightforward. Were you in the time line or were you not? He probably could have got his own credit card records. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to disparage Bill and Susan's hard work, but this seems like a half an hour. (laughs) Half an hour job. Right, yeah. Technically, he now really owes them. But again, yeah. he's calling in some favors. When do they get to call in favors from you, Lonnie? Later. Lonnie and Mickey were struggling, even though they were divorced, but still loved each other. 
he would call Bill mid-fight and say things like, we're fighting, she's acting crazy. Don't hit me, Mickey. She's drunk and she's out of control. And then you'd hear things breaking on the phone. And Bill would say, just leave her. And also, why am I your friend? You bring nothing to the table but drama. So Lonnie and Mickey's assets were worth $2 million. And it all went to Lonnie when she died. There we go. But there's no actual evidence that he harmed her. No one saw them fighting on the cruise. Nothing. The U.S. attorney tries to bring the case to a grand jury, but no charges are filed against Lonnie. So nothing's going to happen to him right now. And he says, I told you, Bill, I told you I didn't do anything. Send an annoying friend. But what do you mean I told you, Bill? Like I told you I didn't do it. Bill believed in you. But Bill never questioned yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, why are you? Now, if anyone has the ability to say I told you so, it's Katie about apostrophe because she was right. Say that one more time. I like to hear it. I like it when you say that. If anyone has the ability to say I told you so, it's Katie because she was right about apostrophe and other things. But really mainly about apostrophe. Oh, apostrophe. Apostrophe is the company which came to my face's rescue when I thought all hope was lost and cystic acne battles had become a daily part of my life. And then I found Apostrophe, a prescription skincare company for people that are ready to take their acne seriously. Prescription acne treatment really works, but it's hard to get. You have to take time off work to see a doctor. You have to sit in line at the pharmacy for your medications. That is, if you can get an appointment with a dermatologist. Until now, with Apostrophe. Apostrophe makes it easy to see a board-certified dermatologist online. You'll get treated immediately, and your medications are delivered to your home. Simply fill out Apostrophe's online questionnaire about your skin concerns and medical history, then snap a few pictures, and your dermatologist will get back to you with a customized treatment plan tailored just for you. So I've been trying to treat adult acne for quite some time with over-the-counter medications, which is why I was so excited to find Apostrophe that I could do everything online. And not just that, it's so easy. They walk you through and ask you exactly what your concerns are. And then you're taking pictures of every angle of, for me, it was my face. Yeah, I liked that. Yeah. And then they get back to you with, this is what we're going to try. This is what we think works. And then check in with you on, did this work? And they can tweak accordingly. So it's really going to a dermatologist where they're checking on your progress and seeing how they can help you with your concerns. Mm -hmm. And they're super nice. I was pretty clear with, I have this and I need help specifically with cystic acne. And they honed in on it. And let's just say I no longer struggle with cystic acne because of this company. It was really a game changer for me. And the best part is Apostrophe offers topical and oral medications. So you can treat your acne from the inside out and the outside in. I was pretty sure that I was going to need an oral medication and they listened to me on that and were able to prescribe me two things that I take daily that really help keep it at bay. It's amazing. My wrinkle treatments are coming very soon in the mail and I am going to look like a fresh wee little babe. 
Oh, it's exciting. It's great. It's going to be a box of magic. Oh, yeah. It def- if it's from Apostrophe, it definitely is. And wait till you see how cute the boxes are. I'll talk about it in the next ad. But the actual boxes that Apostrophe stuff comes in, I saved them. I can't them. wait. It's great. So right now, we have a very special offer from Apostrophe. You can get $15 off your first visit with a board-certified dermatologist at apostrophe.com slash date dateline. Be sure to use our code date dateline. This code is only available to our listeners and you get $15 off your first visit. So to get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash date dateline and click begin visit. Then use code date dateline at sign up and you'll get $15 off your dermatology visit. Check them out, guys. Apostrophe.com slash date dateline. New year, new face. Who dis? Oh, it's Katie. (laughs) No, I liked the apostrophe. It should be an exclamation point. I have to switch it up. Fine. New year, new face. Who dis? How about apostrophe me and you? No, apostrophe me and you. Apostrophe feeling yourself. Oh, Kimberly nailed it. Kimberly for the win. Apostrophe feeling yourself in 2021. Thank you, apostrophe. Check them out, guys. I was super excited to get this next point in the dateline because I was not expecting it. It appeared out of nowhere. And I wrote in all caps in my notes, dog show, dog show, dog show. I thought it was a commercial. I couldn't figure <laughs> out what was happening. I was like, why are, the, why are there so many dogs? What is the, I thought the, like the kennel, the Westminster kennel show was coming. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it must be coming soon. Yeah. That's where they're doing it during COVID. I thought that was shut down. And then like, nope, no, no, ma'am. So basically we're on a boat and there are lots of dogs. I, this is my, this episode is built for me. This is, this is for you. Again, so sorry about Mickey, but this episode made me very happy. They show, Bill and Susan show their prize mastiffs and Bill actually organizes the show for the American Kennel Club. And Susan is a professional handler of their dogs. My gosh. They're a power couple, you guys. They are in the dog world. I want to know how cutthroat it is, though. I want to know if they're beloved or feared right. or both. Yes. Yeah. Do you think that one of the couples in Best in Show was written about them? Who the, get the B. Where's the B? <laughs> Do you think it's them? <laughs> okay. Get the busy B. <laughs> it's possible. So Bill wants to prove Lonnie's innocence, convinces Lonnie to take a polygraph. Lonnie agrees, takes the polygraph. Lonnie gets up to go to the bathroom. Polygraph guy. My favorite part. I feel like we should do some sort of what they, on 90 Day Gaze, they call it 90 Day Theater. So the polygraph guy turns to Bill. (laughs) Bill, you in on this? Bill says, what, like, what are you talking about? Well, you know he's guilty. And Bill's saying, that's not funny, Mike. Mike says, my dude he failed all the important questions. Because they asked him, did you kill her three different ways? Three different ways. Were you in the room when she died? Yes. So all of a sudden, Bill says he sees just flashes in front of his face, kind of like an AI type situation. Yeah. Or a Black Mirror episode or something. And he's just going through a Rolodex in his head of all of the things that haven't been right so far and things that didn't make sense. And this is his best friend. So he starts to suspect Bill now. Oh, my gosh. He goes to talk to the FBI candy, who is a gentle giant, and said, I felt for Bill. 
he was trying to navigate his own conflicting feelings about this being his best friend and not being sure it's his whole world was turned upside down. He said, I, he was very sensitive to Bill's feelings. I thought that was very sweet. It was very sweet. And also, this was the moment in the episode that also I was like, oh, he did do it. Oh, he did. Because I think up until this point that we're kind of being led to think he just did everything wrong in this case, but you're going to, it's going to be wild how this actually happened. Gotcha. And so I'm like, because it, Bill is our protagonist, kind of. You know what I'm saying? We're right along because Bill's our main interview. Mm-hmm. And so we're right along with him, like, okay, we got to prove this. Good job getting the lie detector, whatever. So, when it all comes crashing down on Bill, it all comes crashing down on the viewer of the episode, too. You're like, oh, no, because when Bill starts to turn. I was suspect of the beginning. Oh, you're good. I was not. I was with Bill. I was like, I believe Bill. I believe Bill. Yeah, Bill seems to have good instincts. Mm-hmm. And I I trust Susan, too. I think Susan's a sharp oh, both cookie. Of them. So Right. And they were telling us that he didn't do it at this point. So I'm like, well, they're probably right. But it just goes to show you, you never really know anyone. And it's so easy to have blinders on when it's someone that you're close to. Are you going to about to tell me something? I murdered someone. Okay. You murdered my soul. (laughs) So FBI Candy sees that Lonnie had moved the money that he inherited from her death, because I guess he got it because it wasn't really being actively investigated, to Mm -hmm. an offshore account. So it's untouchable. Oh, that's not suspicious at all. That's not shady. So then he tries to move it to an account in Florida. At this point, the FBI pounces. They seize the money now that it's in Florida and they open a civil case against him. There we go. Now, Lonnie's attorney, Lonnie's defense attorney is a typical Dateline defense attorney. You bet. He says he was trying to invest the money in countries that give good interest on American currency, which still sounds shady to me. Completely. It it, it sounds shady. But I don't know much about offshore things. So maybe my bank account is very small. Because it's not normally done unless someone's being shady. I have to say that. Or unless you have a gazillion dollars, right? So like Jeff Bezos has offshore accounts. You're like, that seems right. Yeah. But Lonnie, the lawyer? Yeah. Oh, no. Lonnie's attorney says the FBI can't prove it. They need to give him back the money. And he wins. So they have to give back the money. But the federal government goes to the district attorney in Orange County, hoping that they can charge him. So something. With what? With murder. Okay. And. How? Well, the reason it's in Orange County is because that's where the, he booked the tickets from, which is where the plan to murder her would have started. So they believe that gives them jurisdiction to charge him there, which was something Dateline producer explained to me on Twitter, not something I figured out on my own. I appreciate that. Okay, because I was confused how we got to Orange County in the actual episode. I thought it was just because they lived there, but it was because he actually started to plan the murder there, if that's what happened, so they can charge him there. So they start investigating. They find that even though he started this plan in Orange County— Lonnie now lives in Florida. I guess he wanted to be near Bill and Susan. And he has remarried. Okay, now we get... When did he remarry? It's it's so confusing now. There's so many wives, you guys. They discover Amy Wynn, who is not his current wife. Amy Nguyen was the woman who's from Vietnam. He has a type. 
he went to visit in California right after Mickey died. So he was, she was the woman that he was seeing on the side when he was trying to reconcile with Mickey. But she was in California at that time. Yes. This is why I'm getting confused. But so was Lonnie. Lonnie lived in California as well. Right, but now she's not in California anymore. No, he moved to Florida and married a new woman. Not this woman? Different woman. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay, keep going. So Amy Nguyen was a teacher who met Lonnie online. Amy wasn't just his girlfriend, though. She was briefly his wife. That's why I was confused. So it's not the new wife. She's like another wife. Different, totally different wife. Who's the new wife? We don't really get to know her. We don't know her name or anything. No. So, and we find out also that Mickey was his second wife. So it goes, here's the chronological what happened. Yeah, thank you. Okay. So first, he's married to a woman. I'm guessing a woman that helped him get through law school. And then he dumped her for his secretary at the firm. I'm just guessing. Who was Mickey? Who is Mickey? I'm just guessing. Then marries Mickey, second wife. Divorces Mickey because of the sexual assault case. Then, and he's on the rocks with Mickey, he briefly marries Amy, this teacher that he met online in 2005. For only a few months are they married. Then they divorce. And a few months later, he goes on this cruise. Cruise. Mickey dies. He goes back to Amy. To Amy. To reconcile with Amy. Or Even though was, they're divorced. They're divorced, but kind of, he's like a master of divorcing, but still kind of dating his ex-wife. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. He seems to repeatedly do that. Hmm. But the craziest part, oh, so then, and now he's in Florida, married to a fourth wife. But the craziest part of all this is that no one knew about this few months old marriage with Amy. It was a total secret. Bill and Susan had no idea he had this secret wife. They thought he was trying to reconcile with Mickey this whole time. Oh my gosh. He married Amy. He bought her a huge house and a Lexus. Wow. They had no idea. Guess who else had no idea? Mickey. I bet. Mickey had no idea that there was this other woman. He kept the entire relationship a secret from everyone in his life, which means... It was a super healthy relationship. Why did he do that? The money was with Mickey, I would guess. It's strange. It's very, so strange. Mm. FBI knows about Amy. She, it turns out, had testified before the grand jury when they failed to indict him. They decided not to indict him, Mm -hmm. partially on her testimony because she said, I didn't know anything about a plan to murder Mickey. He never said anything. He wasn't planning to murder her. So that's what she said in front of the grand jury. But now it's been a couple years. It's 2009. Lonnie asks Bill and Susan to visit Amy in California and see if she was still sticking to that story. That's a weird request. It is because you would think if it was the truth, you wouldn't need anyone to check and see. Sticking to that story. Sticking to that story. Correct. But his reasoning was, I think she's mad at me. Because I'm married now, and so she might be making up lies. So that's why you need to check on her and make sure she's not going to go to the police with some other far-fetched story that I killed my wife. Also, is he paying you for all of this, Susan and Bill? Is he at least covering your travel expenses to fly to California? Or is this just the friendship rate? Mm. I don't know. 
So Susan and Bill fly across the country. At this point, Susan thinks he's still innocent. Bill is coming to terms with the fact that he might be guilty. And I have a feeling that he didn't tell Susan. She thought they were both on the innocent train and they were working for their friend to try to make sure he stayed out of prison. But Bill has these swarming, surging feelings. Surging Surging doubts. Surging doubts in his belly. I think you're right. They go to visit secret wife Amy to confirm that she knows nothing. It's been three years at this point since Mickey died. Bill sits in the car. Susan goes inside because they think she'll respond better to a woman, a one-on-one with a woman. Susan asks Amy, you know, who have you talked to at the FBI? Can you talk to us about your relationship with Lonnie, how it stands now, how your feelings towards you're not pissed at him for any reason? All of a sudden, Amy gets super emotional and starts freaking out and saying the opposite of what she told the grand jury. She spills everything to Susan that Lonnie planned the murder on the cruise. And not only did he plan to murder Mickey on the cruise, he had help. He was going to be helped by his well-connected friend, Bill Price, who has is kind of a mafia guy and has an army of assassins. Susan is sitting there like, Bill? My Bill? My, 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 the one in the car? The father of our dogs, ma'am? Are you serious? <laughs> my Bill is not an assassin. Wow. So she waves Bill. Come on inside. Let's turn on this recorder. And Amy, would you mind repeating what you just said to my partner here, Bill? Bill. And the bill. Amy's so nervous. And she says, well, he told me that Bill would have his people throw Mickey out of the boat. And Bill says, did he say how much he paid me? Wow. Like, I haven't gotten paid for anything yet. Yeah, seriously. I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting waiting on reimbursement for the plane ride. He gave me a nice bottle of tequila on my birthday, and that's not cutting it. Yeah. So he says... The important thing also is, did Lonnie say this to you before or after the boat? And she says, before. It was the plan. He didn't say it after, like, this is what happened. He said it before, and then Mickey just so happened to actually die on this boat. Mm -hmm. So Amy had said the opposite at the grand jury. So is she telling the truth now? Susan said she was terrified of Lonnie and scared of Bill. And she really believed her. Did you? I did. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I did. Now, remember, Lonnie had invited Bill and Susan on the cruise. There we go. But remember, they had to bail because of a family emergency. So it seems that perhaps Bill was supposed to take the fall. No pun intended. Ooh. But a little. Lonnie invited his best friend on the cruise to take the fall, his best friend, who has now spent three years fighting for his innocence. Wow. That's sick. And so this is when Susan gets all riled up. Yeah. No, no, you don't do this to Bill, my man, father of our two dogs. And supposedly your best friend. Best friend. Bill flies back to Florida and says, Lonnie, I want to see you in person. Right now. Right now. Now, I got really nervous because this sort of a confrontation sometimes makes a person wind up on Dateline. Oh, good point. As the victim, Mm -hmm. especially if you are a woman, you should not want to have one of these confrontations in person. You do it in public. 
yeah. with people around that you know. But he, Bill feels confident. So Lonnie comes over and Bill accuses him of telling Amy that he killed Mickey. Bill himself killed Mickey. And Lonnie admits it. He says, I wanted her to think that I had power. I was trying to impress her. Bill says, get out of my house. Yeah. He says, I have a recording and it's going to the FBI. Well, that's how you end up on Dateline. You need to be quiet. Don't say you have the recording. Don't say you have a recording. Then he will kill you and search your house for it. You have to say, I have a recording and it's somewhere in a secure location. And they have instructions that if something happens to me, they release it to the public. That's what you have to do. Correct. Good point. You got to set up back safety. Back channels. Yeah. Back channels, mm-hmm. safety things. So the OC district attorney, I'm sorry, I don't know why I said OC. I don't like that expression. The Orange County. Orange County. District attorney goes to see Amy and she won't talk to them. She's still very scared. So they go to the OC sheriff's office to go talk to her. She doesn't talk. So they get a subpoena. They bring Amy into the police and they have Bill come in there. They think he can get her to talk because she's already admitted it in front of Bill. But Amy is so scared, very scared. Something has happened to this woman. She's just terrified. And she's emotional and she keeps whispering, I don't know you, to Bill, which was sad, but then it got kind of funny because she just keeps saying it over and over again. And he keeps saying, you know me, we've met. I don't know you. Amy, they have the tape. I think she's trying to get him to say, you're right, I don't know you. I think she's trying to prompt him and he's not doing it. But he's saying the FBI is, they've already heard the tape. They know, they've heard us meeting on tape. So they know we've met. I don't know you. Four times she says it. Yeah. Katie, I've been whispering, I don't know you, to good hair days for years. Do you have any suggestions? Yeah, slightly. I do. A big one. It's called... Pros. As in Stryka? As in get the best hair day of your life over and over and over and over again. Yes. By now you have probably heard me talk about Pros, the world's most personalized hair care. So I'm ready to share a few updates. I have updated hair care because I moved to a new location. Yay. And the best part about Pros, besides it being the real deal and the last word in hair care, is that they have a review and refine feature on their website that allows me to change my formulas based on things like a change of address because now I'm in a new climate. Pros knows there's more to you than just your hair type. They've given over 1 million consultations with their in-depth hair quiz, which is how I originally got started and then was later able to make updates. With their algorithm and over 50 billion formula combinations, Pros determines a unique blend of ingredients to treat your exact concerns. So not only do I have updated hair care, I am going to be trying something new from Pros. They have a new leave-in conditioner that I am really excited to try because- I need that. As we know, my hair's a little thirsty. (laughs) It's a little bleached or a lot bleached. And so any kind of extra moisture helps incredibly. And while I love the hair oil, I'm looking for an additional conditioner that I can use after I get out of the shower. So Mm -hmm. I'm really excited to try it. If it is half as good as the shampoo conditioner system I already have, I know I'm going to love it. I'm also trying a new scent. They have different scent combinations you can try. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to try the one with more vanilla in it this time and we'll see. But I love my old scent. I just want to try something new in the leave-in conditioner. New year, new hair. 
New year, new hair. And if you're not 100% positive Pros is the best hair care you've ever had, they will take the products back with no questions asked. Doesn't get better than that. That's amazing. Pros is a healthy care regimen with your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair quiz and get 15% off your first order today. Yes. 15% off. Go to pros.com slash date dateline. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash date dateline for your free in-depth hair quiz and 15% off. Excellent. Don't forget, it's 2021. Strike a pros. Pros, pros, pros. Sometimes it just works and we have to stick with. Yeah. 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 I don't think it's, it's goals. Why would you try to? No, it's foolproof. Thank you, pros. Check them out, guys. Pros. So Amy seems to believe in this interrogation room that a- Bill is still a hitman, which is funny because Bill does sort of have a gentler demeanor. You don't get a huge hitman vibe from him. I don't think so. I don't think he has a gentler demeanor. Do you really think so? Yeah, I did because of the dogs. Oh, no. No. You felt like he had a hitman demeanor? Sure. I didn't feel it until this moment when he starts talking to Amy. That's when he sort of flipped to me. I mean, he's kind of gruff. You know, I feel like he's a straight shooter, fast talker, good talker. I feel like he could easily. I felt like he was a little bit of a goober. Weird. Yeah. I never got goober from him at all. I got way more slick. It could be the shorts that he was repeatedly sitting in in his home office B-roll, which was funny to me because he's... You based it on shorts? Uh, Yeah, I think I just did. I think it was all about the shorts. That's not right. No, it's not. But he feels like, okay, I'm going to lean into this hitman vibe to Mm -hmm. convince Amy. So he says, look, I'm not here to kill you. I'm here to bring you under my coat and say, if you mess with her, you mess with me. I need you to be with me on this. Lonnie has made fools of all of us. Step up to the plate, Amy. He's so good. And I was like, oh, I misjudged you, Bill. You are... He's good. He's a, I bet he's a good detective. Yeah, I was here for it. So Amy agrees to help after she's granted immunity because remember, she lied to the grand jury, which is not good. Problem. She tells them all about Lonnie's plan and that he threatened her and forced her to lie at the grand jury and that she's terrified of him. The sheriff's office goes to Florida and finds Lonnie in a strip mall operating his new business, Bouncy Houses for Children. And Mank raises both eyebrows straight up to God. And I tried to boomerang it only to find that Dateline had already boomeranged it. Curses. It's the best. It's top 10 Dateline moments. I watched it eyebrows up, eyebrows down, eyebrows up, eyebrows down. It's amazing. I I was very surprised. That he's working for bouncy houses. Yeah. Yeah. They arrest him. Everyone's happy. Toshi's happy. The niece is happy. Good times. He should be arrested. Yes. Now Lonnie's attorney is back. He 100% believes that Lonnie's innocent. He thinks that Bill forced Amy to say those things. And Mank is shaking his head like, nope, no, thank you, sir. Not having that. Mank asks the sheriff, this is good. I kind of get the idea that if you watch The Love Boat, you wouldn't recognize Island Escape. (laughs) This is where we get into a little bit of boat shaming, you guys. So if you're not down for that, trigger warning. He says, he says, it was a former ferry boat used to transport cars. 
and it is now a cruise ship for cheap people wanting to save money. No shame in that, but it is not a luxury cruise. And the reason that Lonnie liked it was because he had looked at the pictures online and it was a straight drop into the ocean from the balcony, which is apparently rare. And that on a lot of other ships, you would fall onto a lower deck. So she fell seven stories into the ocean. Oh, my God. It's horrible. Lonnie has a public defender because maybe that bounce house money is not so good. But he's basically acting as his own attorney. He's filing motion after motion and delaying the trial for years. He's writing the briefs and doing all the work. Finally, go to trial. Lonnie has a wrist brace, possibly two. Carpal tunnel? What's happening? No, Kimberly. From writing all those briefs? No, come on. Why does he have two Bounce wrist- house injury? Thank you. <laughs> They're a death trap for children and especially for adults. Death <laughs> trap. I think you're thinking of trampolines. I'm thinking of a bouncy house. (laughs) And he got in there trying to get a kid out who's vomiting. The throw up was going everywhere and making the kid slip. And then one of the kids just landed on both of his wrists and shattered them. Let me just say this. I spent a lot of time one summer in this bounce place for young children that it's just giant bounce houses in a enclosed space and children just run wild like wild animals yeah and the number of injuries just (laughs) it was like screams of joy followed by screams of pain (laughs) every 35 seconds and every parent we got another tibia down there's a tibia down (laughs) every parent is sitting in this like semicircle on these squishy benches looking at their phones (laughs) like scrolling through their phones and children are just like lord of the flies in the bouncy houses. It was amazing. I should have taken a video. It's crazy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. God bless you and all the workers. That is rough. Oh yeah. God bless the people that have to work there. And just cleaning the urine. I can't even imagine. Have you ever... Oh God, the urine. I didn't even think of the urine. So many kids peeing themselves because they don't want to stop bouncing to go to the bathroom. It's a disaster. But have you seen those Instagram ads for Bounce America or something? And they set up these gigantic obstacle course races. It's huge. It's like a fair, but it's all bounce houses. It's outside. Kind of want to go. You can go. Just don't go with children. But again, (laughs) death trap for adults and children. I think they have an adult section. Oh, I'm sorry. It's for children? It's for children and adults. It's for the whole family. Don't take your family to that. (laughs) I'm going to get hate. I don't know, though. I've just, I've seen a lot of injuries in my years. Yeah, I'm sure all the parents are nodding their heads and drinking right now. <laughs> With the wine. Yeah. yeah. If they had allowed alcohol in the bounce, every parent there would have been sitting there with their phone mm-hmm. and a Coors because it's not a good thing. The uh, captain of the ship takes the stand. Mm-hmm. The captain of the island escape, the cheap boat for poor people. Oh my God. I'm sorry. That's just what Dateline said. That's horrible. He takes the stand and he says it was odd because Lonnie didn't seem to be upset at all when he reported her missing, which is interesting because definitely odd when he called Bill, he was hysterical. And when he called Susan, he was hysterical. So Interesting. interesting. They play the recordings of the niece, the niece who was doing those recorded phone calls. And she's Mm -hmm. saying, I just have to ask, did you have anything to do with Mickey's death? And he snaps at her. He says, What do you think? I think you know the answer to that. I didn't have anything to do with it, and I don't appreciate the implication. 
Janet. Sorry, what's her name? <laughs> Julie. <laughs> Julie, I was close. It was really nasty. He suggested that she was drunk and fell over because he said she was intoxicated. Interesting, because when they did the autopsy, she wasn't drunk. She was strangled, and the cute, older Italian gentleman, the coroner, has been flown to America. He is sitting next to a translator who is translating everything he says into English. He doesn't think she was raped, but he definitely thinks she was strangled, and he thinks she was hit on the back of the head by a convex, blunt object which they believe to be the wine bottle that was sitting in the trash can in the room, which is like Lonnie didn't even take it outside to another trash can. He left it right there in the room. Maybe it was a different wine bottle. Maybe it was a different wine bottle. Because that seems really dumb. But he, I mean, I don't know. We don't know how dumb he is. Okay, that's weird. They say the motive was money, obviously. Mm-hmm. Bill takes the stand and Lonnie, he says Lonnie never looked him in the eye. His head was on a swivel, just looking anywhere but at Bill. And Bill, I imagine, was boring down on him. Anne Nguyen take, Amy Nguyen takes the stand, and she tells the whole story. She must have been very scared. She says that Bill's people were supposed to throw Mickey overboard and that Bill and Susan would be Lonnie's alibi. But when Bill canceled the trip last minute, Lonnie said something to the effect of, I'll have to take matters into my own hands. It's all gross. Did she tell them that? Did she tell Bill and Susan that before? I think so. That's just one of those details Dateline leaves out and saves for the trial. They leave for the end. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, like those that part of the recording with Julie. They save that for the trial, even though Dateline knew about that before. It's for storytelling effect. I understand. I don't quite understand how they were the alibi. I'm guessing he would say, no, she's asleep, and, and then he would maybe go have drinks with them or something and then come back to the room with them, and they would see that she wasn't there. I don't know exactly how that would work, but... I'm curious. Sure, he had it all worked out. So the trial is going on in March 2020. What else happened in March 2020? Oh, the, 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 the corona. Yep. And guess where there was a huge outbreak? Italy. And a bunch of their witnesses are from Italy. So basically, within... 48 hours of the last one of their witnesses flying back to Italy, there was a travel ban. So they wouldn't have been able to try. It's just a disaster. But they got everyone on the stand. But now the trial is put on hold for two months. And the judge has a hearing to see if they should still move forward with the case. And the defense is saying it should be a mistrial. It's been two months. The jury's not going to remember everything that was said two months ago. But the judge says, no, it's too important. We have to keep going. So Following social distancing, the jury sits in the courtroom in the audience so they can all be spread out six feet apart and they're all wearing masks. I get what he's saying when he said justice has to go on even in the time of pandemic. I don't know what it hurts to have Lonnie sitting in jail for a while longer. Although, no, I take that back because a lot of the jails are overrun with COVID. And what if there's one innocent person in there waiting for their trial to, and they are going to be exonerated? And they're stuck in jail with COVID, like Sandra Melgar. Oh, yeah. I agreed with the defense attorney, unfortunately, that the jury, the two-month gap in testimony, I'm thinking about myself. Mm -hmm. Would you remember? I don't remember two months ago very well. So I'm trying to, do you know what I'm saying? I feel like 
that's a big task. And I feel like that is an appeal waiting to happen. If, you might as well, because that you need to start over. What if they had filmed the original part of the trial and then showed it to the jury to refresh their memory? I think that's fine. But I also see if they want to continue with the trial, I don't know how far in they were, but if they were maybe just 10 days in, right. they should start, start over. over. I mean, they did do a lot of stuff with trial with Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell over Zoom and stuff and Skype. But Italy is such a different time zone. I'm sure that would probably have a whole nother set of logistics. Right. But especially because people's memory is so fickle anyways that- That's what I mean. Two months is a long time. I wouldn't trust my own memory, which is why I'm, I was like, ooh. Yeah, I say, I, just, I totally see what you're saying. I think this is an appeal that's coming if it's not here already. Yeah. So Lonnie takes the stand, which I'm sure his lawyers told him not to do, but he is cocky. And he says, I booked a room with a balcony to prove to Mickey that I wasn't cheap anymore, that I had changed and I could be romantic. Then don't pick the island escape. You are a very well-paid attorney in Los Angeles. Just a thought. He said Mickey would get super angry. He would throw, she would throw things and break things. She threw a fax machine. She threw a phone. So the police were called at one of these times. Then he says when he learned that the niece, Julie, was taping him, he was very hurt. And he starts fake crying on the stand. Oh my gosh. Whilst fiddling with this weird serial killer black glove on one hand. Does he have eczema? What's happening? What? (laughs) No, because of COVID, I think. But why is it black and rubber? And why is it only on one hand, like Michael Jackson? It's so weird. Why is his hair only on his chin? Why does he have a full (laughs) chin strap and nothing in the middle? Sans mustache, just a wrap of white chin hair like this, all the way from ear to ear. Yeah, I don't like that. I do not like that. And I am not, I am surprised I, it took me to bring it up. I'm surprised <laughs> it wasn't the first thing you mentioned. I'm trying to get These better. Extreme facial hair in a murder suspect. It seems like your lane and I'm in it. Yeah. And I was <laughs> Welcome. upset. Welcome. Thanks. It's pretty over here. It's yeah, nice it's here. Great. It's not pretty is the thing. It's not. <laughs> no, it's not. It's weird and creepy here. Yes, it's really weird. But why was he fiddling with that glove in the weirdest way? And why is he just wearing one black glove? Okay. So Lonnie is up on the stand doing the victim thing. He says everyone took advantage of his kindness. Bill, his best friend, turned on him. Amy turned on him. He calls Amy a gold digger and a liar. Wow. Wow. Okay. Then there's an inmate from, it's not over yet, people. We got it. We're going to, okay. Great. There's an inmate from the Orange County prison named Tony, who Mank says is a frequent flyer in the criminal justice system who was requesting an emergency landing. <laughs> <laughs> I was so happy. <laughs> Thank you, Josh. <laughs> so Mank, or Tony, I be, sorry, Tony wants to talk to the police. He says Lonnie approached him in prison and said, I want you to track down my ex-wife, Amy, have her recount her statement and have her killed. He's trying to kill Amy. So the police create a hitman. Oh, my gosh. I can't do it. If you thought this episode had everything because it had boats and it had dog show, it now has an undercover hitman. Oh. 
It's he's played by an undercover cop who appears on Dateline in disguise. The, I can't. The disguise is not not nothing. It's a hat and sunglasses. It's literally a hat. It's, I was like, is that a fake mustache and goatee? No, it's not. It's just aviator sunglasses and a ball hat. That's it. You can still see the whole rest of his face. They literally didn't. They didn't change his voice. No. He's not even in shadow. No. They're like, you know, so he can do other gigs. Yeah, They have no. to keep him in anonymity. Yeah. And I was like, he's literally everyone's going to know who he Anyone is. who's ever met him once would know that that was him. If you saw him on the subway, you would know that that was him because you're seeing that much of his face. I, this guy. This guy. He's not great. He does something really dumb. Is he, I think he might be the worst undercover person we've had. (laughs) We usually, yeah, that's true. Wow. He says the six times, so he's worked undercover as a hitman six times, and he said all six of them were men wanting to kill their wives. And Mank says to him, that has to give you a dim view of men, or at least husbands. Again, Mankey's standing up for the women. Thank you, Mankey. Thanks, Josh. So the hitman and Lonnie talk a few times on the phone when Lonnie's in jail. Lonnie offers him $100,000 to kill Amy. That's definitely on the higher end, for sure. And he spoke in code. Things like, it's time to take the property off the market. Property D16 is ready to come off the market. And the undercover hitman believes that that's good enough to go to trial because it's obvious he's not a realtor. So what else are they talking about? Right. But he feels he needs more. So he sends the hit, he sends Lonnie a letter in jail to get clarification on some of the terms they had been using to which Mank says that probably would make him suspicious. And the hitman says, yeah, yeah, actually, it it did. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it, it did. He, he figured he was being set up at that moment. Yeah, it got me. He's not, oh, I'm sorry. I need to be kind. He, he was trying, but that was a big was mistake. Was he, though? Because that's really rough. He's done it six times before, but this is not good. That it was not good. That was way too obvious. This is, and I was upset by the fake hitman the other week that was saying things like, why, are you really sure you want to do this? Man, what was she like? Seriously asking about their history together. Yeah. How much money do you get for their insurance? Man, she's she's the mom of your kids, though. Is that, are you sure? Yeah, like so many times. Said she's your kid's mom nine times. <laughs> it's worse than, yeah. what's happening with hitmen? Do we need to go into the business? The, no, it's because... The defense attorneys are trying their darndest and they're going to say, well, that's not what they meant or they were pressured into this because, or they thought they were talking about something else. So they need them to be as absolutely clear as possible. But okay. no real hitman would do that. Any real hitman would just say, we're doing the job. Okay, the job's done. It's literally that's it. it. Yeah. So Lonnie asked his attorney's office to call the police from prison. Because he's the victim of a sting? Because he says that he's being solicited to kill Amy. That's what Dateline producer tried to explain. That's why he was trying to have that hitman turned in. Because he said the hitman and the inmate that was the inmate snitch were trying to 
implicate him in something. Sure. Yeah, sure. He says the hitman had misled him on everything. Prosecutors charge him with solicitation to commit murder. He says, I'm just naive and everyone uses me. Okay, you've been married four times. You're a seasoned attorney with a sex charge against you. Lonnie. I don't think you're naive and no one's using you. No, Lonnie, you're a maniac. Yeah, he's found guilty of first degree murder for financial gain. Toshi is relieved. The niece is relieved. But of course, he's appealing. He got a life sentence, but he is a lawyer. He's going to keep appealing. Bill is relieved, but he does feel a bit guilty that he believed Lonnie at first. I would too. It's your friend. Don't feel bad. He did the right thing in the end, and that's all that matters. So absolutely. And did like over and above the right thing. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Bill, you're good. Mank says that Mickey took a ship to America to get a better life when she was a child and then took a ship to rekindle love. A soul lost at sea who found her way home. Oh, gosh, Mank. Mank. Bust out the tissues. Nice work, my friend. Nice that was good. job. Wow. This episode is dedicated to Arden G and Leslie B. Hello. Hello, ladies. Do you work on a cruise ship? Tell us everything. Have you worked on a cruise ship? Have either of you been on a cruise? Are you captains? Do you have captain's hats? Was a murder attempted against you on a cruise? Do you know how to fold those towels into the animal shapes that they do? Because that's really cool. Arden and Leslie, maybe you want to consider a cruise for yourself. If you have not been on one, we'll let you know when we're going. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. We're going on a foursome and only one of us is coming back. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And how many people do you lose on a normal cruise? 30? 40? (laughs) That's great. I love it. Thank you so much, ladies, for listening and supporting us. Thank you. So appreciate your support. Thank you very much. Also, remember, if you are a Patreon, you get a full bonus. If you're at the $5 level, you get a full bonus Dateline episode every month, plus our 90-day fiancé coverage. And if you're at the $10 level, you get all of that, plus a YouTube Live and some other exciting stuff that we're playing around with. So... Thank you, ladies, so much. We have a promo from one of our good friends. She's a listener of the podcast. She's, I believe, a Patreon of the podcast. She is a incredible podcast host for Own Right. You know her as Laura from the Fall Line podcast, which is incredible. They were on an oxygen special, the work they do with women of color that are murdered or missing. And wow, it's just incredible. She has a new podcast that's just her, and it's called One Strange Thing. And it's not true crime but it's kind of creepy. It's kind of interesting. I like it. She says it's into the forgotten experience of everyday Americans with one single unexplainable element, like a lost ring that turns up on another continent or a house that bleeds. WTF? Katie just sat up in her chair. She has these wild episodes about like, old wives' tales and spooky things that have happened to people that can't be explained and just mysteries just like that have never been solved. It's just so fascinating, the topic she covers, and each week is totally different. So some of them are just like these huge coincidences that you can't even believe are possible, and some of them are things that just can't be explained. It's fascinating. She's such a good host, you guys, and she's really proud of her new show. So listen to One Strange Thing. We all enjoy a little mystery. 
And on the new podcast, One Strange Thing, that's just what you'll get. Every other week, One Strange Thing presents forgotten stories from America's news archives. They all have something in common, a single element that can't quite be explained. I'm Laura Norton. Join me on One Strange Thing, and you'll hear about bizarre events that unfolded in our country's local newspapers, but never made it much further than that. No matter the place or the people, One Strange Thing brings you stories that are very real and just a little otherworldly. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Thank you, Laura. Thank you, Laura. So for B-roll Bonanza, where was Mickey's coworker typing at her laptop? Was that a hotel lobby? Really good question. The grandest has to be with offshoots, wings like conference rooms off, but with chandeliers and courthouse. It was so dark woods and um, carpets. Library. A fa- one of those really fancy, like a presidential library or something. Like a fancy library. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe like a law library, maybe. There's a library that was, I think it was the library in Santa Barbara. And it was just like. <gasps> it could have been something like that. It was, so, oh my goodness, yeah. It totally could have been something like that. Yeah, it could have been. And then we see the Italian prosecutor who is drinking espresso and reading the paper outdoors in the most perfect tableau of Italian life. Yeah, it was like the tiniest little espresso cup. And reading the paper. Metal table, oh, that was... Kind of like the Italian version of what I believe Keith Morrison would be doing. Yes. Italy. It would be what Keith is doing in Italy. Yes. Keith in Italy. Keith in Rome. Yeah, that was it. I loved it. And then we got a lot of Susan and Bill walking their dogs. A lot of that. I was like, oh, look at all the good boys is what I wrote. So um, many good boys. And if we can say these dogs are huge, I guess Mastiffs can get up to 300 pounds. So we're not joking. These dogs are ginormous dogs. I loved all the dog show footage too, of course. Fluffing the tails and the combing out and the dogs standing there patiently while they're combing out the tail. Can I maybe make a suggestion? I don't know when you will be getting yourself a new dog. And I know you really want to rescue, but I want to give you an alternative, which is show dog. (laughs) So that we can go to these shows. Show dog. The show dogs have to be perfect. They have to have their teeth perfect. They have to have, even if something is slightly wonky, like their legs are a tiny bit too short or anything. And that's the kind of dog I would want. Something a little askew on them. They have to be a perfect specimen. Also, I don't think you fix them. And I would fix my dog. Oh, that's true. My friends had a dog that was a Sheltie from a shelter or whatever, but it used to be a show dog and the dog had had braces. Uh, Yes, I've heard of that. They do braces. They do testicular implants. That dog was crazy. To make their dog not feel like they had lost something after they are fixed. People do a lot of stuff to their dogs. Oh my Lord. Okay, that's a whole other episode. Okay. But I couldn't stop thinking how big the poops were of Bill and Susan. Oh, insane. When they walk those dogs, how many poop bags do they have to carry with them? Like four, I would guess. If they don't carry like the do- little small doggy bags, they carry a- the gallon size Ziplocs or something. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah. yeah. I love it. So 
Brands unhappy being a Dateliner now associated with murder cruise ships kind of always have a bad rap. But now well, lawyers that one defense attorney I didn't care for. Well, and Lonnie. Oh, and Lonnie, of course. Duh. Bouncy castles. Bouncy. The bouncy houses already had a bad name in my book. In my book, they were already like X'd out. I'm fine with them. Because of my summer of bounce. Yeah, you're traumatized. Yeah. I am. So did you have any fashion police? I only had Bill sitting at home in his shorts working at his computer. One of Mickey's friends had gorgeous hair, like the most perfect shoulder length bob. You know who I'm talking about? I do. Boy, it was like salt and pepper, and it was so smooth and great, right to her shoulders, one of those thick, straight bobs that was kind of bumped under. Gorgeous. Flawless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Looked like a wig, but wasn't. It was mm-hmm. that good. It was yes. really pretty. Let's do titles. Oh, boy. Okay. I'm pretty happy with mine, actually. Oh, I'll bet. I'm sure you did good. Worst in show? Oh, that's a good one. That's a really good one. What do you have? The Death Boat. Oh, there we go. Of the Love Boat. Overboard. But not a rom-com in parentheses. Oh, that's good. What about freshly cut lawn knee? No. How about freshly cut lawn knee colon how to pull yourself up by your chin strap? <laughs> okay. Is that good? Yeah. Yeah. From the bouncy house to the big house. Oh, there you go. Oh, that's okay. Mine was way worse than that. Mine was Lonnie's bouncy castle asterisk drawbridge extra. <laughs> <That was> <laughs> <laughs> I would never rent from a place called Lonnie's Bouncy Castles. No. Never. No. Lonnie does not go with that. You got to go for Bill's Bouncy Castle or Bob's mm-hmm. Bouncy Castle or like Barb's Bouncy Castles. You want a female name in there, right? But not Lonnie. I'm not renting from Lonnie. No, thank you. He's going to rip me off. Uh-huh. Okay. Do you want to do Twitter? Yeah, please. Okay. Dateline producer says, those two Mastiffs, Cleo is almost eight and is an American AKC champion. She was bred in France. Vienna is seven months and a half. That dog is only seven months old. It's huge. Oh, my. Oh, my God. And is half Italian blood and half American. What does that mean? Is that something they look at in dog shows? Yes, I guess. Where it comes oh, from. so complicated. They, you get papers that show the lineage all the way back the generations, who the mother was, and they have the fanciest names ever. It's really funny. There's dog names. It's kind of fascinating. Wow. The Dateline producer also said that the Island Escape was featured in a 10-episode documentary that aired on Bravo as The Cruise Ship. It followed the lives of crew members and depicted what it was like to work on a cruise ship. Sounds familiar? Hashtag below deck. What? Basically, it was pre-below deck. And it's called The Cruise? I'm looking it up. Did you look it up? No. Is it available? I would love to see it. I love Below Deck. I'm obsessed. I've seen every episode. This sounds like it's even better. And we get a look at the ship. Oh, I'm really curious. I want to get a look at the ship for sure. I don't see anything. Poop. Dang it. Oh, wait. Behind the kitchen door? Cruise ship? Something? This could be something? Is there something? Could it be something? Nope. That is... Something else. Someone find it for us and tell us because we want to watch it. I would love to watch things that people on a cruise ship. I love mm-hmm. it. So Kim, our lis- our listener and friend, said, Lonnie checks every box on the Dateline Psychopath checklist. Financially motivated. Easy, easily manipulates others with dog chat. Secret relationships. Pervert. Mysteriously alluring to women despite being butt ugly. <laughs> <laughs> 
She can say it. We didn't. We didn't say it. I didn't say it. A couple people on Twitter were saying this episode has everything. It just doesn't have a Walmart. And Jenny NYC said, I mean, that looks like the Walmart of cruise ships. Oh, we don't know yet, though. We have to watch the thing. We're going to watch the show. I don't know. All cruise ships are pretty fancy, to be honest. Aren't all cruise ships, like, kind of fancy? Not this one, I don't feel like. Not the one we were on. Are you kidding? The one we were on? That felt fancy to me, Kimberly. It was rusted and it was... We dressed up to go to dinner. It was fancy. Two cruises away from being put out to sea. It was, no pun intended, it was going to be dismantled for parts. Part of a good time. I liked it. (laughs) It felt very rickety. I'm glad I had nothing to compare it to. I went in, okay, my food expectations weren't met because I was thinking there would be a candy room slash lobster open, open lobster bar where I could get just lobster tail on demand. So that did not meet my expectations. There was nary a lobster. Anna Falk, 333, another friend of ours, says, Lonnie, his chin strap is holding all his secrets. There we go. (laughs) She noticed the chin strap. The chin strap was it. We haven't seen a chin strap in a minute, and I don't think we've ever seen a white one, a Santa Santa strap. Santa strap. That is not. Santa strap. Dateline posted a video, which is a recording that Lonnie had with a jailhouse informant that's being recorded. This conversation, if you didn't think he was a jerk before, he's complaining first about the prosecutor, the Orange County prosecutor, that woman. Mm -hmm. And he says, her attitude is, I'm going to be the next Marsha Clark. I'm going to turn this into a book deal, a radio show, something big. He thinks that her prosecuting his case, and that's why she's doing it is to make herself famous like Marsha Clark because he's that big of a deal. That's what he thinks. I really don't like him. He's really unlikable. And then he says, I'm going to be great on the stand. I know how to read people. I know when to turn it on, you know, turn on emotion and when to turn it off. So jurors tend to like me and I'm a great actor. Ooh. Yes. Ooh, those are big words. These are yeah. these are big words that you're using, Lonnie. Let's... Chill out here, buddy. MSDLX said, I'm dying at his disguise. I I couldn't. LMFAO. In the age of corona, at a minimum, add a mask to look like you're trying. Oh, my gosh. It's corona. Add a mask. That would have been it. And then it would have been a disguise. Then it's a disguise. What Did the he heck? have like a different bottom face on? Was there some, was there part of his disguise that we we're missing? Like, is he it had like a Mr. Potato on? Head and he had swapped out the mouth with someone no, else? No, that's like what, because otherwise it wasn't a disguise, was no, it? It wasn't a disguise. Okay. No. A- Alicia in Wonderland said, There's always another woman. I whisper to my dog and glare at my boyfriend. <laughs> I don't know you. So. Let's see. Leslie in Little Rock says, I was getting my teeth cleaned and the dental assistant told me that her and her husband went on a cruise with a church group. A new bride on their floor drank so much she died and her husband had to be put in cruise prison because he got violent. Why did he get violent? Why is there a cruise prison? Well, of course there's a cruise prison. I mean, I'm surprised some of the people on our cruise weren't put in cruise prison. What you know cruise- who I'm talking about. <laughs> Some of our group. It, that's the gallows. What does cruise jail look like? The gallows, Kimberly. You're down there with like the people in Titanic. Oh, yeah. He was locked up in Titanic and did, she had to pass him the key through the, there you go. through the thing. Oh, my gosh. I want to hear more about that story. I do actually would like to hear more about that story. 
Lily May 87 says, I definitely would not want to take a cruise on a ship where people have died. Could be haunted. I have really bad news for you. All cruise ships are haunted. All and all amusement parks and (laughs) all bouncy castles. (laughs) Or at least seriously injured. Paula Robbie said, so Naples should be on my bucket list, but last? Yeah, that's that is the bucket list. Hashtag see Naples and die. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you gotta save it for the end, otherwise you won't get to the rest of your bucket list. Oh my god. Smart thinking. What is happening? Haley Deanna said, Amy, and then a gif of Bobby Hill saying, I don't know you. I don't know you. That's my that's purse. My purse. Jinx, so good. Book. I can't believe you got there before us. Here was a wow moment for me. Katrina 3511. Bouncy house business for someone who had sex with a minor? No. Oh. Why didn't we put that together? Because I think we were just distracted by the fact that it was a bouncy castle business that we didn't get there. Oh my gosh. True. That is disturbing. True, true. Disturbing. And Sassy Girl 7602 says, from now on, when I don't want to talk to someone, I will simply whisper, I don't know you, and walk away. I feel like that's a strong choice. I think it's a great choice for 2021. It's how we're all going to survive. Yeah. Let's do it. Thank you guys for listening. Please, 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 if you haven't already, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much. And follow us on social media, you guys. We've been announcing a lot of different special things, and we've been only announcing them on social media. So really follow us and have the notifications on, on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter so you can see what's happening. And if you like makeup or if you like Drag Race or both, consider joining our Patreon because Katie... I'm doing a thing. She's doing a Drag Race thing. I'm doing a Drag Race brunch. Makeup tutorial. Drag brunch. Slash drag race brunch. Slash I'm doing makeup and I'm getting a new camera for those people that were lovely enough to join me or view my one that happened on Sunday. We did a very last minute one that we announced on Patreon. I did a soft opening. Make sure you're checking all your messages from Patreon because that's how you'll find out about stuff like that. And it we, we're calling it a soft launch. It was a soft launch because I wasn't sure how. It went very well. It would go, but it's okay. It was very fun. It was super fun. Yes. So we're going to we're gonna keep doing it. I'm going to keep doing it, and I'm going to be doing talking about makeup and drag race. Yes. Finally. It's happening. I'm doing, I was doing it with much prodding. Thank you, everyone, so much. Also, oh, we did a, a charity live stream chat that- We did. We It was Grace, our web designer and the host of Spooky Kid Pod- she organized the whole thing and the proceeds went to the Innocence Project. And we were on it with her friend Audrey and Jake from A Date with the Bake and, and Kim. Kim from People Are Wild. Who showed her face. We all showed our faces. And it, again, this was something we only announced on social media, but we ended up raising $750 for the Innocence Project. So we're so happy. So it's still available online. You can see the links if you go to our social media and consider donating. And we're probably going to be doing this more often, like maybe once a month. I don't know if we're always both going to be in it, but we're definitely going to keep doing them. And this time we discussed The Ripper from Netflix. So we'll see what it's going to be next time. It was a good discussion. So check it out. Yeah. So thank you, everybody. And thank you. Continue to watch alone. Watch alone. Wear a mask. Thank you to, 
a happy little family on Instagram and Mike V, our friend from Twitter and from England, they both created Fauci Fonzies for us based off of last week's episode. And he is given the thumbs up and he's in a leather jacket and he's saying, wear a mask. So keep it up, guys. So good. I love it. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Hey, hey. I don't know you. (gasps) I don't know you. (laughs) So creepy. Who are you talking to? That's my purse. That's my purse. Do you remember I ordered pizza from room service and I tipped the pizza to the side and all this water just gushed out because it was just, it was watery for some reason. Are you sure it was water? Yes. Oh, we can't talk about this. I don't remember that. It was I, I, disgu- blocked- I couldn't eat it. Like I literally couldn't eat a single piece. I had to put it outside. I don't know if we can talk about this. People might listen to this that were on the cruise with us. They know I had a wonderful time. I really did. I want to go again. It doesn't sound like it. No, it was great. Just the boat was a piece of poop, but that was part of the fun to me. Like, it was a booze cruise. People are not there for fancy amenities. They're there to get totally wasted. It was fun. I didn't even drink, and it was fun. I won the slot. I know. I had the time of my life. I can't wait to go back.